It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Not really. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this fifth day of February 2024. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. It's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza. That is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where if you pop in right now, you'll be. Joyfully greeted by the early arrivers. That's Micah and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo, and all capably moderated by Horn, Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. And with this program, on this fifth day of February 2024, we enter our 21st year of independent, non-commercial, non-profit-driven, free-to-anyone-who-wants-to-listen-to-it, progressive, liberal radio. With yours truly as the humble hostess. Hi. It is, of course, well... I Appropriate, I suppose, that we begin our 21st year of broadcasting with a more in Monday. And gosh, what a what a what a what a lovely set of more ends we were presented with for marking this auspicious occasion. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So thanks go out to our fifth, fourth, and third day of the month subscribers. And that means thank you uh, to our buddy Gene across the pond, our News Ninja Gene, and thank you to Kevin in Colorado Springs. Thank you to Kenda in Missouri. And thank uh, thanks as well. Uh, to Paul, thank you, Paul. Thank you to Stephen, Kim and Malin in New Jersey. Thank you, Tom, thank you, Thomas. 
Uh, thank you to Ann across the pond, News Ninja Ann. Thank you, John. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to uh, keep this little experiment in non-commercial independent broadcasting going into our 21st year. Thank you. Where does the fundraising goal stand? Well, it's the first full week of February, and the fundraising goal stands at $300. That's all. 10 at 30, 30 at 10. One have a show on me, two at 150, four at 75, eight at 37.50. Yeah, something like that. And hopefully uh, that will that'll happen uh, so that we don't just start deficit building. And golly, we have had a couple of absolutely breathtakingly beautiful days here. My mood is so vastly improved. Oh, I mean this is uh, this is this is a sort of a predictable false spring for this sort of uh, for this time of year in this area. And we've got another day of sunshine tomorrow and partly cloudy on Wednesday. And uh, By the way, I, was, I checked the week ahead. I don't see any potential interruptions to the program calendar, so that's a nice thing. And we'll, uh, we'll watch the week as it develops. As I said, it is more in Monday. And... As such, well, I've got a couple of I've got a couple of potentials. Uh, I don't think we've ever handed out a Moran Monday nomination to Saturday Night Live, but well, first time for everything. Their cold opener was a Donald Trump skit, and uh, I forget who the guy is who does Donald Trump now, but he's really really good. Uh, well, Emilio, that, uh, can we have 10,000 donations at three cents a pop? That would be wild. We get to the point we got 10,000 live listeners. I don't think we'll have any problem funding the program anymore. Um, that's a nice piece of ciphering you got there, Emilio. Uh, ser- so they did, they had their cold open as a Trump skit. And they gave uh, Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley a cameo in it, and they did they did some jokes at at, at Nitwit Nero's expense with him talking about how you can't let a woman run the country. I mean, I had a woman the other day ask me for eighty three point three million dollars. Ha 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 Yes, of course. But uh, she delivered her lines um, stiffly, woodenly, and the reason the the reason that just sort of gets under my skin a little bit is because, listen, Nimrata Nikki Randawa Haley is Trump with a better tan, y'all. I don't think I have to convince you. Her policies aren't any 
uh, uh, bear no appreciable difference from those of the man who was formerly her orange god emperor. As the children of immigrants, she wants to shit on other immigrants. Unfortunately, that is a not uncommon phenomenon. But but she's being held up as, oh, I don't know, as the uh, non-treason candidate, I guess. But then again, we've kind of got a concurrent Moran Monday nomination with the fact that they're still talking about what she said about Trump. But they're still not talking about the fact that she said she's cool with secession. So imagine a Mrs. President, Ambassador, Governor, Speaker of the House, Haley, if Texas said, yeah, we're out, would just say, well, bye, y'all. All the best. No, you can keep all our stuff. No, we're not going to come get it. You can have all that military equipment on all the military bases. That's fine. You're good. I ran across uh, some interesting statistics the other day. All those things that the maggots love to talk about in this country, murder, economies in shambles, other crimes, well, here's the funny part. All those maggot states are responsible for only 21%, 21% of the national economy. Twenty-one percent. All those maggot states have a 40% higher murder rate than blue states. Nine out of the ten states that are net takers, economically speaking, the welfare states, are maggot states. And those maggot states are also, uh, despite the fact that they're pro-life, they are nine of the ten states that are highest in Maternal mortality. So they can, the maggots can scream Chicago all they want to. But the fact of the matter is, the murder rate in this country, now you're far more likely to be murdered. In Alabama than in Connecticut.
you're more likely to be uh, dead from pregnancy complications in Tennistan than you are in Michigan. And that's who they are. And, you know, then there's Haley's South Carolina, which is an economic mess and a complete taker state. Oh, but she's not Donald Trump. Let's put her on SNL. Now oh, my aching bag. But there's also... Well, there's also one of the uh, one of the lead maggots in the Senate of the United States, and I'm speaking, of course, of Jerk Deluxe Vance, who had a little sit down this past Sunday, yesterday, uh, with George Snuffleupagus. And he apparently, uh, J.D. dropped a couple of tabs of the brown acid, drank a little stump liquor before he went on the show. This, you know, fake hillbilly. And it got and, and, and it got loony enough that George just finally said, "Nah." I mean, it's it's kind of unheard of, but here we are. The Constitution also says the president must abide by legitimate Supreme Court rulings, doesn't it? The Constitution says that the Supreme Court can make rulings, but if the Supreme Court, and look, I hope that they would not do this, but if the Supreme Court said the president of the United States can't fire a general, that would be an illegitimate ruling, and the president has to have Article II prerogative under the Constitution to actually run the military as he sees fit. This is just basic constitutional legitimacy. You're talking about a hypothetical where the Supreme Court tries to run the military. I don't think that's going to happen, George. But of course, if it did, the president would have to respond to it. There are multiple examples throughout American history of the president doing just that. You didn't say military in your answer, and you've made it very clear. You believe the president can defy the Supreme Court. Senator, thanks for your time this morning. No, 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 George. Roundtable's up next. We'll be right back. And Jerk Deluxe was sitting there trying to babble along and spew more of his maggot poison. Basically, we're, we're kind of back where we were before, talking about nullification. Now... Are there examples in American history? Yes, there are examples in American history. When the Supreme Court said that the Indian Removal Act that brought on the horror of the Trail of Tears was unconstitutional, then President Jackson, who had just a passionate hatred for indigenous people said Justice Marshall has made his ruling now let him enforce it and then went about the business of killing several thousand indigenous Americans 
making them walk away from the homeland that they'd known for, oh, you know, 10, 15,000 years and go to Oklahoma. Uh, meanwhile, channeling his inner fascist, I don't know how much inner it is, it's kind of all over him, like poison ivy, jerk deluxe Vance talked about talked about uh, uh, how Nero should go through and clean house. If anyone, mid-level bureaucrats, completely gut this, the federal civil service. Uh, having said, I think that what Trump should do, like if I was giving him one piece of advice, fire every single mid-level bureaucrat, every civil servant in the administrative state, replace them with our people. And when the courts, because you'll get taken to court, and then when the courts stop, you stand before the country like Andrew Jackson did and say the chief justice has made him ru his ruling, now let him enforce it. Of course, Jerk Deluxe never got around to actually, you know, noticing what the summary effect of that defiance was. A lot of innocent indigenous people being killed. But that's probably okay with Jerk Deluxe. And so, well, he's... Rumor has it that he's on Nitwit Nero's short list for being vice president. How about that? And I think George Nephalopagus was completely appropriate in not letting Jerk Deluxe sit there and and and, and vomit lies into the uh, into the media sphere, into the body politic. But God, it, it, sometimes even watching a boob like that is. Gross, to say the very least. Oh, and uh, over at the Supreme Court, this is interesting. A group filing an amicus curiae brief in the disqualification case, the th the Fourteenth Amendment case has decided to play uh, uh, to play ball with the <clears throat> originalists <clears throat> 
and use the language with which they are familiar. The outfit in uh, the outfit in question is the Public Rights Project, and their amicus brief was filed on behalf of actual no kidding historians. Because the Supreme Court of the United States, our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties, are, well, they, they like to fancy themselves amateur historians. And, for instance, just, uh, just picking one randomly, in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, the ruling that they use to steal the civil rights of women all over the country. Well, they said that they were overturning Roe because there was no history and tradition of letting a woman have an abortion in this country. Now, Obliviously, these six, these these five men and one handmaid who has to get permission from a man in order to do anything, Amy Covid Barrett, didn't really take into account that women have been dealing with problem pregnancies for literally thousands of years. And just not telling the men folk about it. Because they wouldn't understand and it's none of their business. But they used that uh, history and traditions of the United States language and then they used it uh, later again in the Bruin decision. Uh, basically giving every white man with a pulse in America, the right to stockpile freedom protectors and blue steel penis extensions. So lo and behold, in this amicus brief, the uh, Public Rights Project made the argument that the Insurrection Clause, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, applies it applied not just to people of that era, the era of its ratification, who had participated in an insurrection, but meant for it to mean the same thing going forward in the future. And it's, I, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm fond of the, fond of the irony. The Public Rights Project president is Jill Habig. And she said, the evidence that we have seen and heard and watched with our own eyes over the last few years has made it quite clear President Trump lost an election in 2020 and has spent the months and years since trying to overturn the results of that election in a variety of ways, including people marching to the Capitol and invading the Capitol. It's difficult to argue with a straight face that these activities don't qualify for Section 3. And uh, uh, the Guardian story 
on it. Notes, uh, the brief gives the Supreme Court's originalists, who believe the Constitution should be interpreted as it would have been in the era it was written, a taste of their own medicine. Conservative Justices Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett are self-declared originalists, while Samuel Alito has described himself as a practical originalist. Ate it and smile, Sammy Bad Breath and Fappy Thomas and Ann's Boy Neil and Beer Boof and Brat and Handmaid. They, they really are going to have to twist themselves into a pretzel doing this. Oh, and uh, by, just returning for a moment to Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley. You know, Trump with a better tan. If if Marsha if Marsha Triple X Blackburn is Trump in a wig, as Taylor Swift suggested, then yeah, Haley is Trump with a better tan. Not quite so well, she's not the same color as Kraft macaroni and cheese, let's just put it that way. So um And this, she was uh, she was stumping today in her home state of South Carolina, Stan, where she was asked if uh, maybe she shouldn't have called for a federal ban on abortions and then not offered any specifics with it. Um, and it well again I look at I look at the idiot words this horrible woman says and I experience no cognitive dissonance because she's been an idiot all along uh, running for governor of South Carolina at first she said that uh, she was pro-Confederate, and then she said, no, the flag's got to come down, and then she reversed herself. As Flavio has pointed out, she's a weather vane. And then the whole slavery thing in New Hampshire. And remember, she still got within 11 points of nitwit Nero, primarily on the backs of independent voters. And then there's Bonomo. So answering that question in South Carolina, she said, in South Carolina and elsewhere, people on both sides of the aisle, they they deal with weeks. They want hard, firm weeks. Um, That was the moderator of the debate. Was that a misfire on your part? Well, she can't admit to making 
Well, she can't admit to being the screw-up that she is. Your views on abortion have come up several times. You at the outset of the race saying that you were looking for consensus. But in South Carolina and elsewhere, people on both sides of the aisle, they deal with weeks. They want hard, firm weeks. Was that a misfire on your part? No. I mean, I think, if anything, we have a lot more people supporting us because of our stance on abortion. I mean, no offense, but the fellas don't know how to talk about this. And they just don't. The issue of abortion is incredibly personal to every woman and every man. And it requires respect. If you look at where we started, prior to 1973, we had 46 state laws that dealt with abortion. And then in 1973, the Supreme Court took it out of the states. Unelected justices said, we're going to have abortion anytime, anywhere, for any reason. I think a wrong was made right when the Supreme Court said that was wrong. See, that's immediately where you find out, I mean, if anybody's wondering, that she's a liar. Roe did not make abortion legal anytime, anywhere, for any reason. That's simply factually incorrect. And she either knows it and is lying actively, or, and this is equally an equally possible conclusion, she's a fucking dumbass. Who doesn't know what she doesn't know? I wonder if she's still got her Confederate flag pin that they gave her for graduating from that segregation academy. Well, don't worry. Her mouth is open and the bats are flying out. Be in the hands of the people. It's that's where it's best. I always think it should be in the hands of the people. I am unapologetically pro-life. Yeah, but here's the problem, Nimrata. It's not in the hands of people. If abortion was in the hands of the people, it would be legal in all 50 states. Because even even Republican, particularly Republican women, want it to be legal. And it's not just a bare plurality. It is a big majority. 70 plus percent of Americans want safe, legal abortion care available to women. And of course, it is not. And as for it being in the hands of the people, well, those 70 plus percent of Americans live in all 50 states. But the people who are banning women's access to abortion care are A, mainly men, the fellows, the fellows, as she says, and they, in turn, are controlled by billionaire, tax-exempt, phony-baloney Christian grifts. The people have nothing to do with this process. Well, that's true, Brother Deacon. 
She either neither knows it and is lying actively. Robin, Robin, Robin. Oh, you're probably going to get a cease and desist letter from Ron and Raleigh for gimmick infringement. Never attribute to malice what can be explained by sheer stupidity. Point taken. Well said, Brother Deacon. Not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children. So that's why she's pro-life. wonder how many children will go to bed hungry in South Carolina stand last night, or tonight. Went to bed hungry, will go to bed hungry. We'll go to bed hungry tomorrow night. We'll be deeply food insecure through the summer months when school isn't in session, but she's not too crazy about school lunches either. Here we are. But she's pro-life. She's pro-forced birth. And just because her hubby, who, by the way, was named Michael until she changed his name to Bill. Thinking about the other day, and I, 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 I thought about the uh, Jim Stafford tune from so so long ago, "My Girl Bill." Anybody remember that one? So what if her husband was adopted? So what if she had difficult pregnancies? The fact of the matter is, this genius, if she had a if she if she had a non-viable fetus inside her, would have to be practically bleeding to death in order to have her life saved. And somehow people are looking at her as the rational salvation of the GOP. Nothing's ever going to wash the orange shit stain off of that fascist gang. Nothing. And certainly not her. Having said that, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice. Oh, well, how lovely of you. Any more than I want you to judge me for being pro-life. But we are going to judge you for being pro-life, dipshit. Because you aren't. You're just pro-forced birth. And she did, in fact, back a national ban on abortion without... Any caveats, any nuance, just ban it and condemn goddess alone knows how many women to horrified lives. So when we look at the fact that this was put in the hands of the states, some have gone more pro-life. I welcome that. You know, like Texas, where the aforementioned women have to aforementioned bleed out in the aforementioned uh, the floorboard of their pickup, their hubby's pickup truck. <laughs> 
Some have gone on the choice side. I wish that wasn't the case, but the people decided, and I respect it. The question at hand is, is there a place for a federal law? And I think that there is a place for a federal law, but they need to tell the American people the truth on how you get there. The only way you get a federal law is if you have a majority of the House, 60 Senate votes, and a signature by a president. Republicans haven't had 60 senators in over 100 years. We might have 45 pro-life senators. So no Republican president can ban any state law, can ban abortions. Ah, but, see, and then, again, here's where her ignorance shines through. A Republican president has, and Republican presidents have, installed vicious misogynists, conservatives, originalists, on the Supreme Court, specifically because of a litmus test put together by outfits like the Heritage Foundation and uh, the Federalist Society and godly Americans for fetal freedom. That spells gaff. Who then took away a, a near 50-year-old right from every woman in the United States. And any trans men or non-binary people who want reproductive care. And it, it baffles me that somehow this position is nuanced. Any more than Democrats can ban state laws. So what should we do? I think we find consensus. Can't we agree to ban late-term abortions? Can't we agree to encourage adoptions in good... Oh, good Christ. Here we go again. Late-term abortions! And the next thing you know, some Republicans out there... Uh, furiously masturbating away, thinking about, and then they stick the scissors in the back of the newborn baby's neck and murder it on the way out of the womb. I wish these god, I wish these godforsaken animals could think about something else, could get their sexual kicks like reasonably normal people do. Uh, yes, Steve in New York uh, with her uh, noting, noting uh, her statement. Abortion is a very personal decision. Steve says, just brilliant. Such insight. She is vacuously vacuous. Quality adoptions? Can't we agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? And they don't. Now, at least at one point in time, the curriculum, the medical school curriculum in, in, included, because it is part of gynecological care, when the student goes through their gynecology round, they will learn how to do them. Because in gynecology, sometimes that is an absolute necessity for saving a woman's life. And as we have found out to our horror in the past couple of years, a hell of a lot more often than most people even believed.
but she's trying to gently untangle a Gordian knot here because it's going to remain the signal electoral issue for millions, tens of millions of Americans. Let's get something straight here, says Stephen New York. Roe permitted outright bans on abortion in the third trimester. Exactly. Pregnancy or, pregnancies are roughly 40 weeks, three into four, one time, one, two, three, four, two, three into 13. So, yeah, up to about 27 weeks. Mm-hmm. But apparently she doesn't know that. There's a lot of things she doesn't know. There's a lot of things that she doesn't know she doesn't know. And it could uh, it, it could wind up, well, it already has in places like South Carolina, Stan, resulted in living hells for women who need abortion care. Can't we agree that contraception should be accessible? And can't we agree that no state law should say to a woman that if she has an abortion, she's going to jail or get the death penalty? <laughs> Lovely. To even bring up the possibility of the death penalty for a woman who gets an abortion. And then, of course, in a moment of high hilarity, she said that, uh, that contraception should be easily accessible. I wonder what she's... Uh, I wonder, I wonder what... Uh, I, I don't know. I wonder if she's ever even seen the conniptions that Republicans throw over even teaching children about the workings of their own reproductive organs. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe her mama told her to lie back and think of England. Who knows? But on the one hand, she says contraception should be easily available. But on the other hand, uh, she wants doctors and whatnot that don't agree that well that are fetus fetishists to say that uh, they don't want to dispense no uh, and pharmacists of course they don't want to dispense no slut medicine or doctors don't want to write prescriptions for slut medicine you'll recall that was slut pills was the phrase that fat, dead uh, Rush Limbaugh used back during uh, back when a young woman named Sandra Fluck had the unmitigated temerity to say that contraception should be covered by insurance. Yeah. Of course, I don't think I don't think Rush ever impregnated any women so there's that but she's graciously willing not to have women executed for having an abortion so I guess that makes her a moderate Republican doesn't it 
Jesus, don't everybody all clap at once. I will not be a part of demonizing this issue. I had a roommate in college who was raped. I wouldn't wish on anyone that they go through what she went through wondering if she was pregnant. You think she really did? I mean, honestly, when you consider the statistics on rape and sexual abuse, sexual assault in this country, that 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 story might actually be true. It might be. Of course, you'll notice that her concern for her <clears throat> roommate <clears throat> in college is for the fear that she had that she might be pregnant with her rapist's baby. Then again, and I don't know how many people in the audience realize this, uh, but if she had been, she could have gone and gotten an abortion as an adult woman. Yes, even in South Carolina, Stan. Now, she can't. She absolutely cannot. So the worry would be far greater now than it was then. And, you know, hey, Nimrata. How about a little uh, how about a little concern for the fact that your roomie was raped? <sighs> yeah, back in 2000 we started hearing or 1999 really. We started hearing about compassionate conservatism. I guess this is the, two, t t the, the, the 2024 version thereof. Everybody has a story. Be respectful of their story. I think that I've watched Democrats, they have put fear in women. And I've watched Republicans use judgment. Well, okay. Uh, Democrats have put fear in women? No. No, no, no. Republicans have put government in women. What a fucking moron. And Republicans use judgment. You know what? Fear did not need to be placed. And so while she's, she doesn't want to judge anyone, she fails to realize that the fear has nothing to do with politics. The fear, well, it has everything to do with politics. It has to do with the fact that our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties told women all over the country that if they had the misfortune of living in a, in a maggot state like Tennistan or Talabama or South Carolina Stan that they'd just have to carry that pregnancy to term that fear doesn't need to be placed that fear is real and it is existential But, you know, Nimrata, she's a millionaire. She doesn't have to worry about it. 
if her kids ever have a little problem, they can go to a civilized state and get it <clears throat> taken care of. Right? But how absolutely sweetly compassionate she is for not wanting to execute women. Boy, howdy. She sure is a liberal. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa, uh, maybe, regarding maybe her mother told her to lie back and think of England, there's a big, fat, chunky, six-pound murder horner awaiting you in the depths of the hot place for that comment. Uh, Clarence, in South Carolina, stands says, I'm not concerned about Haley being president. She has no chance of getting that job. It'll only happen when the GOP accepts racial inclusion. Haley has a problem. She starts out with two strikes. One, she's a woman, and two, she's brown. The name change and skin tone treatment, word is she was darker. Oh, just look at the pictures, Clarence. Will not help one damn bit. It never fails when a person of color in the GOP gets close to power. They find a way to derail their success. It's just a matter of time before she gets her wake-up call. She's Well, frankly, Clarence, I think she's trying to wait out Nitwit Nero. She wants to be the last woman standing when he finally, uh, you know, becomes a living Monty Python animation and goes, ah, and, and then she'll be all they've got. Or at least that's probably how she's thinking. And remember, Clarence, her parents went to court to be declared white when they wanted to uh, come to America. Oh, no, 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 we're, not, we're white folks. <laughs> She's been trying to pass ever since. They even sent her to school with little white segregationist children. But you're probably right. But she would like, you know, she wants it. Mostly that's all she is, is ambition. Maybe a little bit of avarice, greed. And she's ill-suited to it. She couldn't get elected governor anywhere but South Carolina, Stan, or some other uh, well, you know, uh, Stan State, Alabama, Mississippi Stan, South Carolina Stan. And if she starts to get anywhere close to Newt Nero, the Republicans in South Carolina will take her down. Uh, Asa, as a correction, Flavio says... It's lie still, think of the empire. That's the right phrase. But what about the empire? Yes. And I guess before we go any further, the breaking news. 
that King Chuckles uh, has the the C word. He was in hospital for a time for uh, treatment for uh, benign prostate hyperplasia. He just had, well, it happens to men his age sometimes. The prostate just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then, well, it's pretty awful. But in the course of treatment, according to Buckingham Palace, they discovered that he has cancer. And Harry is, as we speak, winging his way back to Mother England to see his dad and, I don't know, maybe patch up the differences. Interestingly, Buckingham Palace didn't say what kind of cancer he has. With the king saying that he wanted to be open about having it so as to demystify. Now the other C word, Brother Deacon. King Charles has the clap? What? I'm not going there. But the fact that Harry got on a plane so fast has people speculating that mm, he may be uh, as ill-fated as the other two Charles, King Charles's. So that means... uh, Well, somewhere down the line, King Billy. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the UK can stand the expense of another royal funeral. But there they are. But we were talking just, uh, just well, that found its way into the conversation, so. I'm pure speculation on my part. I'm guessing they either found colorectal cancer or some sort of bloodborne cancer. Or maybe they did a whole PET scan and it, it lit up in some other part of his body. Don't know. Maybe they'll tell us at some point. Or uh, I guess there are people who are deeply interested in that. Uh, Flavio says, was I wrong about Nikki? No. She was a we- she is a weather vane, and it was only after Dylan Roof killed those worshippers at Mother Emanuel Church that she took down the devil's diaper from the state capitol. And a whole bunch of maggots are probably still butthurt about it. That, that's that's true. Uh, Stephen New York says, uh, King Charles, as I, result, as I recall, his grandpa... Had lung cancer. Yes, he did. Uh, what was that, uh, George? Um, Liz's, Liz's daddy. And I think he also uh, chain-smoked like a freight train, too.
It's all covered in the like first or second first episode or so of uh, the crown. But yeah, Flavio, you're right. She's a weather vane, and mainly driven by gross ambition. And what and, and what bothers me is the fact that polling data indicates that she would beat President Biden this November if she were the nominee, especially if you add in third party candidates like, well, rotted FK. Cornell West and potentially Joe to the mansion born. Then it becomes a real mess. As to the Confederate flag, Flavio says, if memory serves me, it was Bree Newsom who first climbed up that flagpole in the state house in Charles in uh, Columbia, and took it down. Nikki didn't take that odious flag down until and only until 18 people were murdered by a white supremacist in a church. Uh, but staying in South Carolina for a moment, I did enjoy my filthy morning habit today. Uh, well, uh, Nancy Mace uh, who is a member of Congress from Charleston well there have been okay, fair enough Steve in New York says a weather vane. I see her as more like a windsock. That's a weather vane of a sort. <laughs> but yeah. Nancy Mace's office has been a hot, stinking dumpster fire uh, going all the way back to when she supported the ouster of Kevin McCarthy, the man with the spine of silly putty. And her entire staff in D.C. has quit. Nope, we're out of here. And uh, she's got no one to run the. Look, Congress critters can't run an office. That requires 20-something young legislative aides and the like. And since November the 1st, 2023... In a report by Reese Gorman at the Daily Beast, 
she's had a complete turnover. Everyone in her office has quit. She is apparently, and this is a quote, toxic to work for. Her former staffers say that she's abusive, controlling, and craves publicity. Another staffer, former staffer, said she's delusional. She says nothing publicly without her consultants or senior staffers telling her to, but takes credit for everything. And this unkindest cut, she's a walking teleprompter. Another of her former staffers said she has no idea what it actually means to be a member of Congress and is too scared and self-conscious to deal with other people, so she accomplished nothing. All this is why pretty much every staffer and fellow member on the Hill thinks she's a joke, also a big reason why she's only able to hire former George Santos staffers right now. Oh, my. Gorman goes on and says, Another senior staffer recalled how Mace called them close to midnight on Christmas Eve and demanded to know why she wasn't getting on TV more during the holiday week. So, there is actually a possibility. And I love this possibility. There's actually a possibility that she could be replaced by a Democrat in November of this year. And wouldn't that just be amazing? Because as is so often the case, in many instances, the urban areas tend to be blue, even in maggot states, but they are, the, the, those votes are diluted, in the case of congressional races, by gerrymandered districts so that the voices of people who want sane representation can be drowned out by the wool, hat, wool hats up country. And then, I, I said I did enjoy our, my filthy morning habit this morning. Uh, Mullah Moses Mike has ch- channeled his inner Moses again. Moses, Moses, Moses. Who is this Moses? I'm thinking this Moses shall have been a fool. Uh, it, apparently it played so well at the little fascist Christian clavern that he attended that he's decided that uh, more people need to hear about him being Moses and stuff and he's a pathetic sock puppet uh, for orange genius and that was not lost on the morning zoo crew at msnbc 118 billion dollar package calls for over 20 billion dollars in border security measures that include hiring new asylum officers and border security agents, expanding the number of detention beds and increasing screenings for fentanyl 
and other drugs. The bill would end the practice of catch and release and raise the standard of asylum, which would send those away who do not qualify more quickly while expediting the process for cases that do. The legislation grants a new emergency authority to the White House and Homeland Security Department to close the borders once, once encounters reach a certain Threshold. And following up exactly on what David was talking about, in terms of foreign aid, $60 billion would be allotted to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel's defense, $10 billion for humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. However, House Republican leaders say they won't even bring the bill up oh. for a vote, with Speaker Mike Johnson so saying... Quote, this, this is just it's even worse than yeah, expected. You know, I'm sorry. It, what, it, it's, it's just not what don't you like. <laughs> he continues to lie, uh, as Liz Cheney said, and, and he basically admitted he was going around spreading a lie about January the 6th, trying to keep get people to sign on uh, a, a letter that would continue the lie and help Ken Paxson spread the lie in Texas. Uh, he lied about that. He's lying about this. Uh, he knows. I mean, James Lankford uh, has said, I, I wish they would all read the bill. Right. I wish they would understand how strong the bill is. But the sad thing is, and it's pathetic, and, you know, we say things can be two things at once. I mean, the, the, the new speaker is both dangerous and pathetic. Dangerous <laughs> because he has decided, and he said it publicly, we're, we're going to put politics over stopping fentanyl from coming into the United States. We're going to put politics above allowing uh, our border security to stop terrorists from coming into the United States. We're going to keep the border chaotic for at least another 10 months because we want things to be as chaotic as possible for Joe Biden. It's just like Donald to Trump saying he wants the economy to crash and he wants there to be a depression. He wants Joe Biden to be Herbert Hoover. So they don't give a damn about border security. They're willing to play into Putin's hand. For Mike Johnson, that's nothing new. Willing to play into Putin's hands time and time again. Willing to pre uh, play into President Xi's hand on China. Uh, which, of course, is exactly what Donald Trump wants. And, and then you look at Israel, won't fund Israel, won't fund the relief of, uh, of citizens in Gaza. So, again, this is all. All of these things that are important are being stopped now because Donald Trump told a grown-up man, don't do that. Joining us now, one and, of the leading negotiators for the... Uh, legislation, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. He's a member of the Foreign Relations Committee. So, Senator, I guess, first of all, is this bill losing support on the Senate side? No, I think this bill can and will pass the United States Senate. Listen, I take Republicans at their word. Last fall, when we tried to pass legislation through the Senate that would fund Ukraine, that would stop Vladimir Putin from winning this war, Republicans said, no, we won't support Ukraine funding unless you come to a bipartisan deal to try to better control the border. I was skeptical of our ability to do that because it's been 40 years since we've passed bipartisan 
immigration or border reform. But we worked for the last four months, myself, Senator Lankford, a really conservative Republican, Senator Sinema, and we achieved that bipartisan compromise. And it's a real compromise. It does the things you say. It um, reforms a very broken asylum system, so it won't take 10 years to process an asylum claim. People will get certainty, either let into the country or removed from the country within months. It does give the president this new emergency authority to shut down most of the border uh, when crossings get too high. But it also increases legal immigration so that people can come here to reunite with their family or work for a period of time. And um, I just believe that there are enough Republicans in the Senate who are sincere about solving the problem, as opposed to those who want chaos at the border because Donald Trump thinks it's a good election issue that we can get this passed. But we'll see. We'll have a vote in the next uh, two to three days to get onto the bill, and that will tell us whether we still have the support we need or whether Donald Trump has prevailed here. So, Senator Murphy, good morning, and thank you for that fact check and for what's actually in the bill. The text now finally out. We know plenty didn't wait to actually read it to prejudge it. Um, but you just at the end there hinted at the politics of this. We know Donald Trump uh, opposes it. We know that there are some of your colleagues in the Senate who seem willing to follow his lead. But the bigger issues in the House, where the Speaker has really come out against it and has basically said, this bill is dead on arrival. So let's get your response to that. Even if you can get this through, even if you, this, the next couple of days this gets through the Senate, it's not going anywhere. So then what? Well, I think Speaker Johnson wants to kill this bill in the Senate because he knows there will be enormous pressure on him to call up this bill for a vote in the House because if it passes the Senate with a big bipartisan vote, where and I think there's a very good chance it will, then there will be the votes to pass this in the House of Representatives. And if he's not willing to bring this exact bill up, then there will be pressure from his colleagues in the House who support Ukraine funding um, to come up with an alternative. So so Speaker Johnson would sort of love to um, let this issue lie. He would love for there to continue to be chaos at the border so that Donald Trump has a political advantage. He would love to avoid caucus, but he will not be able to avoid that debate if the Senate does its job. And that's what we're going to do this week. We are going to take this landmark bipartisan border reform and Ukraine funding bill. We are going to get it onto the Senate floor. We are hopefully going to convince enough Republicans to do the right thing and deal with a big, messy issue like the border in a bipartisan way. And once it gets to the House, I think we have a much better chance that we can ultimately find resolution there. We have no hope if this bill dies in the Senate. We have no hope of trying to convince the House to support Ukraine and fix our border if Donald Trump convinces enough Republican senators to maintain chaos at the border. I hope and I trust right now that that won't happen. Senator Murphy, David Ignatius in Washington, congratulations on getting this bipartisan deal set in the Senate. If it ends up getting turned down in the House and being seemingly stopped in its tracks, do you think that President Biden should just try to take this issue away from the Republicans who seem to be playing politics with it and use every bit of his executive authority to address the border crisis on his own? Say basically, won't pass the legislation. OK, I'm going to do it myself. Would that be a good strategy for him? 
Well, here's the problem, David. Um, the president can't do this by himself. The president doesn't have the legal authority without additional legislation to control the border and fix the broken asylum system in the way that needs to be done. And this is part of the fiction that gets perpetuated on the American public by Republicans. Now, they wanted to pass border legislation last year. In fact, it was so important to them in the House of Representatives that they named it H.R. 2. It was the second bill they introduced. But as soon as it became clear that bipartisan border reform legislation might pass, Republicans in the House started screaming, no, the president doesn't need any new laws. He has all the authority he needs. That's just not true. Uh, we know that because Donald Trump couldn't do a much better job of controlling the border. Presentations were at a 10-year high before COVID. And we also know that um, without legislative reform to the asylum system, without an infusion of resources to try to clear the backlog, it's still going to take 10 years to process an asylum claim. So, no, we need legislation. Republicans know we need legislation. And many of them are trying to stop this legislation because they know the president. And on top of it all, during one of the segments, <laughs> I, I, guess the, I guess the cat's out of the bag. I pay attention to bumper music after last Friday. Uh, so a big hey, howdy, how are you to uh, whoever the producer is there in the booth at Morning Joe. Yes, I heard you bump out within a big country. I did. And, and and I thought it was really sweet. Thank you. You know I'm playing, right? <laughs> uh, but as far as my filthy morning habits are concerned, um, Joy in Ann Harbor wrote me earlier this morning. I said, and they just bumped a commercial on my filthy morning habit with In a Big Country. Hi, production staff. Thanks for listening. Joy said, what are the odds? Come on. But then this. Cowbell for joy. Keep watching. This is the day she calls him a motherfucker. That see you next Tuesday from dump to Kaplan with some real shit. The worst thing since grab him by the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thought he was being clever with Roberta Kaplan. See you next Tuesday. And sadly... It had to be explained to Ms. Kaplan what he had meant, because if she had known that in real time, game would have been on, but then again, game was already on. Oh, and Flavio says, uh, also, uh, Mika knows how to pronounce fentanyl, unlike Amy Klobuchar. One more thing, Amy K is reputed to be uh, reputed to mistreat to help. I hate that. Went to work for a lawyer woman once, and she expected me to know everything about running an office, her office, without any orientation. I quit after a couple of days, realizing I was dealing with a crazy person. They tried to get hold of me to pay me for the week or so I was there, and I just don't bother. I was just so glad to be out of there. Oh, law offices can be horrid. And it seems more so with solo practitioners than with... Uh, uh, the larger firms, because the larger firms have corporate culture and mission statements and HR managers and the like. Uh, Wave writes, 66 degrees, burr, 
Happy birthday, Maya, my daughter, January 26th. Kylie, my favorite convenience store manager. And Roxanne last week. Missed the money magic last week. Here's five bucks because life is a bit better today. Thank you, Joe Biden. P.S. Should have gotten a booster. P.S. again. I live in a postcard. And with some beautiful photos of sunny South Florida. Ooh, and a rainbow over what I presume to be the intercoastal waterway. Pretty places. Pretty places, Wave. I just wish... uh, I wish so many states weren't safe for so many of us. But thank you for that. So... We have broken the, uh, uh, we've, we've, we've broken through and we now are not a goose egg. We have $295 to go. Thanks for being the uh, first there. And by the way, I, I was uh, joking about Emilio doing ciphering. This is interesting. I just did the math, Emilio said. If there were 10,000 active monthly contributors, each one would only have to contribute 66 cents per month in order to meet the $300 daily funding goal. Weekends excluded, of course. Of course. It's only for it's only for program it's only for actual programs, live programs. Sixty six degrees, burr. Um, if it was sixty six degrees, I'd be out I'd be out in a bikini. No, I wouldn't. I don't want to scare the neighbors. But you get the idea. I would definitely be in shorts. But you know, when you live in a place long enough. 66 degrees, that's as warm as South Florida. 66 degrees can be rat chilly. I remember uh, back years ago when we went on the Libboat cruise. Upon returning from all that Caribbean warmth, we pulled into uh, Fort Lauderdale at about this time of year. And I think it was 43 degrees that morning and rainy and just, ugh. And it only got colder the further north we went. But I, I, no, I get it. I get it. But pathetic is a pretty good word for Mullah Mike Johnson. So not dangerous and pathetic, but work for the alliteration, Joe. Dangerous and dumb. Because, well, see, that's what evangelicalism does to your brain. You believe stupid things. Uh, Let's run over to the stress line, see who we've got. Thank you for being patient. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, Ken. How are you? Uh, not too bad. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, what prompted me to call was uh, the whole abortion thing. And it's a gross, uh, kind of a gross topic. Um, you know, it's really not anybody else's business. But there is that, um, you know, I told you my daughter was born premature and we had to go through that conversation. Uh, 
my weight had pre uh, my weight then had preeclampsia. And it's like it's her and the baby. Um, I guess I heard a poll kind of offhandedly that um, most guys would choose their spouse and then maybe have a successful pregnancy, you know, if they want it. Right. But, yeah, it, it kind of triggered me. Sometimes uh, when you talk about or the, the left, <laughs> what left, um, talks about, you know, abortion, it leaves out the allies. Um, I was part of that. I always think it, you part it takes, takes two to tango, right? So, and, sure. you know, a guy doesn't necessarily have a right, especially he's a fucking jerk. But, um, you know, you're married and consented, uh, or even if you're not married, I, I guess it doesn't matter, but, um, you have, choose to have children together and, um, um, yeah. Well, some threatens that uh, threatens the life of the mother. Um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't have chose, you know, a mother. But uh, you know, it, it was absolutely her choice. But I was part of that conversation. I, I, I don't know if I got myself in in deep trouble or um, something. You kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of... I mean, I think think the the only opinion that a man should have on abortion is is it is entirely her choice to make. That's the end of it. I don't want to hear about precious little right. fetuses as, 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 or curing cancer or. That's fine, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, go- I'm not, go- I'm not gooning on you. I'm not. Yeah, I don't get it. So yeah. you know, it's like would what a say uh, endanger your life? I'm like, well, no, honey, uh, you shouldn't. Uh, and that's part of it um, in those situations. Uh, but that should be a right. Just, that's just another scenario where, um, you know, fuck you, Supreme Court justices looking in my hoo ha. <laughs> Get the hell out. Small covering. Right. Oh, we got bigger problems. Oh, my God. Uh, Lots bigger. Yeah, lots bigger. Uh, The coming housing crisis. I think that's coming. Oh, kitty. Oh, shit. Look at us. Oh, now you're screwed. Yeah, no, you're whining. You're crying. I just annoyed every cat in the Horn Family Community Congregation. 
I can do better sometimes. I can actually uh, execute a cat sound uh, sometimes. But I have to breathe in to do it. You can what a cat? No, you're, uh, you have to breathe in to, to make the cat sound. Well, we have, uh, we, have, know, we, have, we, have uh, we have some very chatty felines around here. Yeah. And 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 now the golden one is beginning to talk too. Mm. It's a loquacious house. They get really annoying. <laughs> oh no, no, it's it no. no it do, it, do, it doesn't I, I, I do. I don't know. It's not my cat. You know, we've got, we've got, we got, we got, we got, we got got Mr. Socks, we've got Mr. Socks Ratiz, the philosopher cat, and Kyle, the, uh, who's a lover, not a fighter, and of course, little Lucy. We lost one recently, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we miss Mocha. She was an awfully good cat. That hurts, as a family member, for sure. I don't think I, I don't know if my my daughter decides to move out. I don't think this cat's going to go anywhere. <laughs> he absolutely adores me. He follows me around like a puppy. Thinks I'm going to leave him. But uh, yeah, it's way more pleasant than the, the abortion topic. Uh, certainly, and the uh, well, the the fact the fact that she that, that Nimrata so ex, with with such conviction in her stupidity just yeah. babbles on as she does. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not it's not like she's a. Oh, I don't know. It's not like she's a Hillary Clinton who actually had massive amounts of of of, of skill in governing. Yeah, Trump was right. She's a bird brain. <laughs> well, I hate to agree with him, but uh, I think maybe Punky was smarter than her. Oh, Punky! God bless his God. Yeah. Rest in power. Yes, indeed. Sweet little punky. And somewhere back in the archives, there are calls from Scott where punky is uh, punky is offering up his, oh, his yeah. uh, opinions as well. All right, chirping away. They figured out when Scott was hopped up on something, I got him all uh, hot and bothered in a bad way. That's uh, funny. That's <laughs> funny. Twenty years, Robin. I know. Kind of. I pondered that. I pondered that. I pondered that a lot over the weekend. It. it it's pretty. Pretty amazing to me. So people, let's keep Robin on the air. Um, I know I did a bad spot for Robin. Like I hear uh, the comedian. I got a couple bucks, flip it towards the Robin, and 
keep the community going. It isn't just about Robin. It's about all of us. All of us that are trying to maintain little blue dots and red counties. Exactly. It's important. It's well. I think the conversation is only going to become more interesting as the year goes on. And I guess what South Carolina primary is that? Is that tomorrow? Shit! I thought it was done already. Oh no! Is Biden's leading or something, or that's just polls. I haven't been paying that close attention. Uh, let's see. Well, the the, the, Demo- the Democratic side. Oh, I'm. Um, then they change their calendar. No, the the the, the, the Democrat the Democratic side is already done, and Biden won going away with ninety six point two percent of the vote. Um. Bobby Kennedy got like one percent. Oh yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I know. Let's see. Uh, uh, Marianne Marianne Moon Marianne Moonbeam got two point one percent, and uh, Dean Phillips got one point seven percent. Who? Dean Phillips, the Minnesota congressman. Who? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm what? Huh? Oh, okay. The South Carolina primary, presidential primary, is February 24th. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't like that matters, but I don't know. Jesus Christ, we have to... And then, of course, March, uh, so February 24th is five days from the end of, uh, and well, okay, basically 10 days later is Super Tuesday. I wonder, I wonder if she will win even one state. She's going to get clocked in her home state. Yeah, I doubt it. I, I doubt it. <laughs> Whatever. My <laughs> It might not be 60%, but, oh, my gosh, it's going to lose because they're Trumpers all the way. They bought in. So, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy, Robin. Well, I just, Um, uh, and by the way, you'll be interested to know, I just got a note from, uh, uh, (laughs) from Wave who said, uh, I'm in the Florida Keys. Marathon. Live here now. They'd murder me if they found out you called it FTL. I'm 200 miles from FTL and 80 miles from Cuba. So, uh, we regret the error. But uh, he sent along a picture that I thought was like looking up through some, like, mangrove or something at the sky. No. It was crystal clear water uh, looking at a, 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 a bed of live coral. Yeah. 
Just beautiful. <sighs> the boss family? No, no, no. The, the wave. Formerly, oh, formerly okay. known as Scary Jerry, who is no longer scary. Uh, wave was a V. Yeah, W A V. Yeah. Okay. Get it. Well, Jerry. Either <laughs> character, I guess. Like, ah, he's, um, a, he's, a, he's an awfully he's good a man. Great character that added to our family, and uh, much love to Wave. And oddly enough, just sure. uh, uh, entirely, it, well, he asked for my Cash App um, handle. And honestly, I didn't know. Ah, uh, there's another place where we have to let, have to make that guy go away. Because the Cash App handle is dollar sign Bob Kincaid, with a capital B and a capital K. I'm in the fourth year of this. What does it take? Oh, no. It's like a hanger is on. He's like looking for to skim off some money. Like the, <laughs> your uh, Belgian friend that absconded with all your uh, your video and uh, audio equipment back in Belgium. <laughs> oh my God, no, quit it. Yeah, no, I ended up mixing that because like, 20 years, Robin, and yes, that yes. was probably, what, six, seven years ago? Yeah, my Bel- my uh, my Belgian burglar skipped. He skipped. And Annette still teases me about that. Oh, no, how long ago was that? That was uh, 10 years ago. 10? Oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, good news, hopefully I'll have my passport soon, so, yeah, if it becomes necessary to bug out, I'll be able to. How much was that? A couple thousand bucks? What? How much was what? What they stole from you. Oh, they got, let's see, they they got a tiny, they got a tiny little laptop. And my iPad, and a really nifty digital camera, and all my meds. Oh, your meds went hurt. Um, it 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 was a significant inconvenience. So yeah, when all said and yeah, done, it was so probably about two thousand dollars. Yeah, hear you. You heard us, little fucker. I'll be rots in a fucking ditch somewhere. Well, what they, I mean, I, I, I don't make, I don't make a point of talking about this, but at the time, I was still dealing with some gut issues, and I had, courtesy of my physician, I had explained the situation to him, and he was like, "This only makes sense," and he had prescribed me like uh, thirty doses of an opioid. Because when those when those when those problems cropped up, it was the only thing that helped. And so, I don't know. Maybe they went and OD'd on it, crushed them up for the refreshing, uh, crushed them up for the refreshing hopefully. burst of flavor. Was that when your gut issue was that around your uh, 
issue of being closed? No, well, I don't know. Stress isn't good, but well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too personal. No, no, no. Uh, 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 I went no. Uh, I went through a bout of apparently medication-induced uh, pancreatitis a couple of times, and it sucked. The first time yeah. through, the first time through, I lost oh, like sixty pounds in six weeks. Because I did, I lived on, I lived on water and hydrocodone. Yeah. Okay. It was not a good time. No. Okay. There you go. And my, uh, my late brother, uh, my middle brother, he, uh, he died of pancreas cancer. Oh. So, I'm kind of familiar with, uh, some of the symptoms, yeah, no, was not good. But I kind of happy. It's been uh, three years since he died. Um, I'd rather uplifted than. Uh, did you know he worked for uh, Boeing and Sikorsky, and he lost his. Uh, oh shit. I'll drop like a security clearance for working at the course scheme because he declared bankruptcy. It's that easy to lose your uh, privileges, but Trump, they gave him all the privileges of the fucking prison. Wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute. He didn't have clearance. None of the family had fucking clearance. And the clearance, he didn't have any fucking clearance. You, you couldn't give it to him. Like, no. He worked on helicopter seats. It's uh, so far away from the top freaking crazy shit that Trump got. And you know they couldn't clear him for security. The Russian agent, for God's sakes. Oh, did you hear about uh, the NRA guy? He testified um, uh, Little Penis. Uh, what's his name? Little Peter? Little Peter? Oh, oh Wayne the Peter? Yeah, yeah, he, he had to testify, and he stole all the money. But the period is too fragile to testify. But yeah, he stole everything. But I, yeah, but I did it for you. I did it oh. for freedom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll skin him, and I'm gonna see. Uh, Scalp on the wall. No, that's gross. I don't want to see that, but I think he should be stripped of his citizenship. You want to go to Russia? Go ahead. Here, Putin can deal with you. You can give him a fucking ball job. <laughs> or Handy J. I don't know. If you don't like taking it in your mouth. 
Let's not go there. Let's let's not go there. <laughs> let's let's like let's let the program make it quietly did. into the third. Let's let it make it quietly into the third hour of the program without driving it into the gutter. <laughs> I can't help it. God love me, I can't help it. I understand. Well, can you have yourself so, a, I, I guess I'll... Go ahead. All right. I, I clear the line for somebody else. Uh, hopefully somebody else calls. Uh, it's been, been tough since Scott died. Please, really. Uh, it did, but yeah, yeah, I mean, a, lot of, a, a lot of y'all have, no, a lot of y'all have stepped up. A lot of y'all have stepped up, and the conversation is still just dandy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Last thing I wanted to mention... Uh, Last Friday in the front front porch, uh, everybody forgot that when Scott had his PAA or stroke on the air, that was my first call. That was Mr. Stress. Everybody forgot because everybody cared about Scott. And I was so goddamn nervous. I feel way better now. So uh, there is some good news for that. But good Lord, I miss Scott. I know. I still tear up every time I think about him. And, and Mr. Mr. Stress. Oh, wow. So 20 years. Let's keep this thing going, folks. Chip in if you got a couple extra bucks. Find some quarters in your couch. Chip in and save the world with Robin Kincaid. Well, thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. I genuinely do. Oh, great. Right. Good night. I'll talk to you later. All right. You take care, Ken. Be nice to the kitty. Bye. Bye. Our buddy Ken up in Erie, northwestern PA. Uh, thank you. Thank you to Wave. It came through. Yeah, unfortunately, Cash App is dollar sign Bob Kincaid with a capital B and a capital K. And he's still present on Venmo, too. Ugh. But at least it, at least the, the account name says Robin Kincaid. So when there's a picture there of definitely not Bob. So, yay. Uh, where to go next on this Moran Monday? How about um, uh, how about the House of Representatives? And how about Jim McGovern, who seems to have a pretty acid wit when it comes to uh, oh, he doesn't suffer fools gladly, and so he he, he uh, well, as the in, in golfing lingo, he took dead aim at. Representative Sporkfoot. Look who is leading this effort. Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the leader of this charade, and she said it herself. This is her quote. Let me use her words. She said, this is, she said, beautiful dessert. This is beautiful dessert. That's her line. In exchange for her vote on the, quote, shit sandwich debt ceiling bill. I mean, are you guys kidding me? This is who is dictating the House floor schedule? Is she now the majority leader? 
Marjorie Taylor Greene? Someone who proudly speaks at white supremacist rallies? Someone who promotes Holocaust deniers? Someone who compares Joe Biden to Adolf Hitler and who says COVID mask requirements are the same thing as Nazi gas chambers? Someone who says wildfires are caused by Jewish space lasers and that 9-11 was an inside job? That's the person that you've put in charge of this whole Republican agenda right now? The clowns are running the circus around here. And we're wasting hours and hours of time this week on Marjorie Taylor Greene because what? She wants to impeach somebody. And don't even get me started on, on her absurd censure resolution of Congresswoman Omar that she introduced because she doesn't know how to use Google Translate. We could be actually debating and voting Ow. on a border security package, but we can't because Marjorie Taylor Greene is in charge and Speaker Mike Johnson is terrified of her and her MAGA extremist friends. And we all saw, we, and we all saw how good that worked out for the last guy. Her whole legislative agenda is revenge, retaliation, and impeachment. She's introduced, get this, 20 pieces of legislation in this Congress, 20, and 10, and 10 of them are to impeach or censure people she doesn't like. Half of her legislation that she's introduced is about impeachment and censure. And to see this committee, to see this institution be so totally perverted by this garbage, it makes me sad. It should not. Uh, he added, the clowns are running the circus. We're wasting time on Marjorie Taylor Greene because she wants to impeach someone. Don't get me started on her absurd censure resolution of Congresswoman Omar that she introduced because she doesn't how to know, know how to use Google Translate. He's not wrong. And she deserves even more than what she's gotten. Beautiful dessert. Did you catch that phrase, beautiful dessert? Did Sporkfoot mean just desserts? Did she actually think that in the, that the phrase just dessert means you're having dessert but not anything else? And not just as in right and just or justice? Just dessert. Reminds me of the story from years ago. I think I, God, it was the 80s. I read it in uh, Reader's Digest. Uh, a teacher talking about how confusing it could be uh, for little ones learning the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, and thanks for sending that clip along, Ralph. That's great. But uh, in the story, the teacher recounted how one of her students uh, who was uh, recently arrived in the United States understood, no, it wasn't the Star Spangled Banner, it was the Pledge of Allegiance. It's about to ruin, I was about to ruin the story. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance and as they were all reciting it, the sweet little child said, "They got to the end of the, the end of the, the end of the pledge," and she said, "With little tea and just rice for all." 
just desserts. That child was a second grader. Sporkfoot is a member of Congress. Lord Jesus. Just desserts. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, let's uh, as as we approach the third hour of the program, and thank you, Ralphs, for jumping in. We are now, let's see, we're now two hundred and seventy dollars away from being fully funded up through the fifth day of February. Thank you so much, Ralphs. Let's go down to Alabama for this one. They just got done uh, suffocating a man to death over the course of about 22 minutes. And by the way, now maggots in the Buckeye State have declared that they too wish to be able to suffocate people to death. Imagine being so far down the rabbit hole that in a place like Ohio, they want to be more like Alabama. It's like something I said in Wisconsin at Fighting Bob years and years and years ago. Someone asked me why I thought that the Koch brothers were so hell-bent on destroying the progressive traditions of a great state like Wisconsin. And I said, well... The short answer is, you've got the Wisconsin idea, you've got a, a, a fantastic university system, you've got you've enshrined some progressive values in the law of the state, and so it has to be destroyed. And so the Koch brothers will come after each and every state until and try to pick them off one by one. And then putting a bow on it all, I said, and besides that, where's the fun in making Alabama weirder? Now it's true. I mean, you, you can't you can't do much to make Alabama worse than what it politically is. But you can certainly ruin some otherwise good states. <laughs> Arnold, what? To quote Wayne's world, you're sucking my will to live. I'm sorry. Well, in Alabama, let's meet <sighs> representing Wanda Lynn given who is I'm not kidding a Democrat and she has introduced House Bill 90 
because even the Democrats in Alabama have a hard time being Democrats. You might recall that the Democrat they ran for governor against Governor Hee Haw Meemaw last time was a pro-life de- or was a pro-life Democrat. Well, Wanda Lynn Given said, uh, making a statement about her HB90, not be really simple. If there's a young girl who's been raped or there's incest involved or a woman has been raped, the bill would require a man, if found guilty, to have a vasectomy or some form of castration. In recent years, the legislature has passed laws restricting reproduction rights in the state and the penalties have been imposed only on women. It's time for that to change. Last time I checked a biology textbook, it takes a woman and a man to make a baby. Men in Alabama need to be held to the same level of responsibility as women. I understand what she's doing here. She's trying to make a point. It's like introducing legislation to make men uh, uh, have a 24-hour waiting period and watch videos uh, in order to, you know, get hard on pills. But still, Ms. Given, a vasectomy, really? A vasectomy is not going to take away a rapist's, a convicted rapist's performative abilities. Her bill... HB 90 also does, however, have a provision for permitting abortion in Alabama in cases of rape and incest. She said, I'm hoping that at some point we will change the law with regards to a woman's right to choose what is best for her body. And with that being said, this legislation could aid in it. Forgive me for thinking that a bill to allow exceptions for rape and incest would have had a lot better chance if it didn't have a humorous angle or a sarcastic angle. Of course, if it was ever to get any consideration whatsoever, I admit there would be some uh, schadenfreude attached to hearing Republican men defending the bodily integrity of the reproductive system of a rapist. I don't know, maybe a Republican will come back and say, no, let's just make it a death penalty offense and suffocate them too. (sighs) Uh... (laughs) Christopher in Oregon says, Lady Sporkfoot, Princess of the North Georgia Mountains. Wow, just wow. Robin, we all been saying this forever. If you think today's news was stupid, uh, just tune in again tomorrow. You ain't seen nothing yet. Can we please throw Lady Sporkfoot the hell out of the house and get her back to her old job as spokeswoman for KFC coleslaw and mashed potatoes and gravy? I don't think Yum Brands wants her as a spoke as a spokespork. 
a lot of people would stop eating it. I was, uh, oh, never mind. Meanwhile, Orange Julius Geezer, who has a busy, busy week of him, ahead of him this week, um, and we never know if these are scheduled tweets that he sends out at 2 or 3 in the morning or if he's just up that late and, you know, having, you know, what do they call it, sundown syndrome for, uh, no, I'm not talking about sundown towns. I'm talking about sundown syndrome for uh, people with dementia. It gets worse at night. Don't know. But he was out there triping past midnight. Uh, all caps, as usual. Remember, all of those trials and all of that litigation you constantly read and hear about, federal, state, and local, criminal, and civil, is brought to you by crooked Joe Biden and his thugs at the DOJ in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024. But he wasn't done. This has never happened so blatantly in the USA before, only in third world countries. Watch for it. The radical left Democrats' new way of cheating. They're destroying our country, but we will win and make America great again. Prior to that, I mean, come on, the Dylan Mulvaney kerfuffle has long since passed. And here we are, 12.36 a.m. He went after Dylan Mulvaney, I guess because he was fixated. That happens. And they said, the Bud Light ad will go down as the worst ad in history. In a matter of minutes, $30 billion worth of the market cap simply disappeared from the face of the earth. Will they ever get it back? Who knows? But what a mess. And then he was posting a right-wing book review about the book he's never read and never will. He can't read. At least not for comprehension. But, and I do not wish to be unkind, I, it reminds me of uh, years and years and years ago when my poor grandmother would go off from, from seemingly nowhere would go off on a tirade about how if we adopted the metric system we would have to, we wouldn't be able to tell time anymore because we'd have to change all the clocks and calendars to metric yeah a Dylan Mulvaney tripe at 12:36 a.m is uh, I mean come on 
no way that no no way that the Trump gets aren't at least a little bit worried about crazy old daddy. Or maybe they're just planning their revenge. Could be. You think? Because they're going to be as shitty to him in his dotage as he was to them when they were young. Like, you know, slapping Junior around for wearing uh, baseball, you know, wearing uh, baseball gear to a baseball game, which young men like to do. I don't know, maybe he was wearing his Reggie, his Reggie Jackson jersey or something. Put on a suit like a human being, like somebody. And slapped him. The roommate saw it all. So there's that. Uh, as to Marge, Ken says Barney Rubble would order a Brontosaurus burger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At KFC. And they can't do a damn thing. And most of them, I suppose, don't want to do a damn thing. To slow him down. I mentioned SNL and their uh, too cute by half little Nikki Haley uh, shtick. Well... I guess the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David has begun. And uh, they noted it. By putting out a photograph of Larry David scowling like Trump in his Fulton County, Georgia Trump mugshot. It turns out that uh, uh, executive producer Jeff Schaefer said they were shooting in Atlanta at the time that Nitwit Nero was arrested and said, Trump gets caught with one of his many hands in one of the many cookie jars. And I remember just walking in and I said to Larry, this is crazy. You're in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta. You just got arrested. Let's do this. Because he gets arrested. We had to wait until the strike was over to even be able to shoot Larry looking like our former Oompa Loompa. So it came completely afterwards. He was arrested for inadvertently breaking state law by providing water to a friend waiting in line to vote. In typical Larry David fashion, he screams, I was just being cordial! But in other Georgia news, and this is noteworthy... Oh, and we've entered the third hour of the program, and thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Vicky, so very much. We are down to uh, 250. $250 to go to be fully funded through the fifth day of February. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you. But uh, Georgia is trying to pass a bill, and it is pernicious. And it makes it a criminal offense for NGOs, nonprofits, or even individuals 
to pay the bail of protesters in, involved in civil disobedience who get arrested for, you know, using their First Amendment rights. It's another one of those instances of something seeming absolutely facially unconstitutional. But again, in the era in which we now live, you can't just say something like that and count on the and count on the Supreme Court getting it right. Because that's not this court. And it is frightening. So while Georgia, no offense, but while Georgia may have two Democratic senators, their legislature still has a profound fascist urge. Now, going back to the metric calendar system my grandmother was afraid of, Randy Radar points out there's some dumb meme about making calendars of 13 months of 28 days. Never mind, that still totals 364 days. Uh, look, happy Black History Month, by the way. I haven't said that yet. I hope we all learn something new. A little reminder... The father of Black History Month, Carter Woodson, was a West Virginian. Oh, <laughs> silly question. Uh, Kim in New York City. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kim. I'm only just getting to this question. Who is Governor Hee Haw Meemaw? Thanks in advance. Well, that is Governor Kay Ivey down in Alabama. Uh, she... Uh, uh, she was said by her Republican opponents in her last primary, uh, the Democrats weren't saying this now. Uh, don't want to, don't want, don't want to say anything scurrilous. Uh, but uh, Republicans in Alabama were saying uh, that Kay Ivey is an alcoholic lesbian, and of course she she disappeared. Off, she was she was off the radar for a while, and she's. Really, really nasty. Uh, she's one of... There are only two biological sexes and two genders. Ugh. And, and now, by the way, there's a... Uh, there's a union movement afoot. An organizing mo- movement. In, uh... Uh, the auto manufacturing sector in Alabama. And so, as a consequence, the Republicans are, the maggots, are having a conniption. Uh, Arnold says, uh, every time you say that governor's name, give a cowbell. Hee-haw, Meemaw. Uh, let me see if I can... Find this story.
Mm. Well, there it is. Uh, The uh, Commerce Secretary of Talabama said the Alabama auto industry may be coming to an end if the union wins its organizing fight. Because, of course, you know, we, can't, we, can't, we can't have Alabamians out there with uh, collective bargaining rights and making union wages, now can we? Ellen McNair is the brand new Secretary of Commerce in Alabama. And uh, she uh, just got into office in January. And this past Wednesday, she said she, she the Alabama Department of Commerce, was going to fight the or, uh, fight against organizing. And she said that the UAW's attempt to organize uh, auto plants around Alabama places our state's main economic driver in the crosshairs. You mean it's not barbecue? And then the Business Council of Alabama and their CEO, Helena Duncan. Uh, well, they put up a website called Alabama Strong. And they're, they're going to run a campaign to provide Alabamians with a full and thorough picture of the economic dangers that unionization presents. And the reason, and Governor Hee-Haw Meemaw had previously said that uh, uh, people trying to have union representation in Alabama uh, says that, uh, well, what it means is that Alabama's model for economic success is under attack. And... (laughs) Well, it's all because the UAW and uh, their president, Sean O'Brien. Is it Sean O'Brien? Wasn't he the one that was going to punch the lights out of Mark Wayne there in the Senate? Uh, The UAW says that about 1,500 workers at their Mercedes-Benz Vance auto plant have joined the union. That's a lot. And and uh, it's making the it's it's making the maggots nervous. Uh, McNaya said the fact is neither the industry nor its Alabama workforce would really be better off with a union. Of course the uh, Facts tell a different story. Horrifying injury rates at these plants because there's no accountability. She went on and said, with so much on the line, we're urging for state the state's auto workers to carefully evaluate those union promises at this critical moment. The future of Alabama's auto industry and the state's long-term growth prospects hangs in the balance. 
In other words, they're afraid. They're afraid that, well, if unions come into Alabama's auto industry, the ability of Alabama politicians to remain firmly ensconced in their deeply gerrymandered districts is uh, at hazard. I know, Kim says, but she became the first Republican elected state treasurer since Reconstruction, and she was re-elected in 2006. Since Reconstruction, don't you know? Oh, I know. Well, see, that's the thing. Alabama, like most of its southern sisters, has never, ever, ever had good governance. In the years prior to the Civil War, they were primarily Democrats. And it pretty much stayed that way with the, with, with, with the exception of a brief period of time during Reconstruction when some black Republican men were elected to various positions in state and federal government. There's a voting rights museum in Selma, and there are portraits on the wall of black men who actually got elected to office, and there are a lot of photos. There was a brief moment where there was a spasm of justice trying to ripple through a place like Alabama. And, of course, the lost cause and the rise of the Klan and the Knight Riders, put, and, then, and then the passage of Jim Crow laws, which were then uh, approved en masse, by the Supreme Court's odious ruling in Plessy versus Ferguson, and Alabama Democrats were back in power until the beginning of this century, or a little before. A preacher named Guy Hunt from Holly Springs, Alabama, was elected governor, and he was a good godly man. He just had this little problem where he would use the state's jet to fly off to tent meetings and preach. And for which he was tried and convicted, I do believe. But he was the first Republican governor since Reconstruction. You see, what happened was uh, what happened in 1964 and 1965, exactly as LBJ said was that all those white Southern Democrats turned into white Southern Republicans. The only thing that didn't change was the racism. So there's really been continuity in saying first Republican since Reconstruction doesn't mean very much. It's just it's just a bunch of racists who changed their labels. Oh, and thank you so much, Darlene in Connecticut. Darlene has put 
with 45 minutes to go, a $100 Sporkfoot Needs to Go Challenge. <laughs> hey, hey, ho, ho. Don't talk about Sporkfoot that way. No, hey, hey, ho, ho. Princess Sporkfoot's got to go. Thank you, uh, thank you, Darlene. Uh, we will be funded through this very day if people will uh, join you. Ten bucks, five bucks at a time, ten bucks at a time, whatever. Darlene will happily match it up to a hundred bucks, and we will, in fact, be fully funded through February the fifth. Thank you, thank you, Darlene. Thank you so much. And then there's Ann Coulter. Ooh, that was a segue from Darlene to Ann Coulter. Ooh, I didn't mean it that way. Woman's got a bigger Adam's apple than I do. Shh, don't say that. I mean, but uh, she went on to X and posted an excrement there. She was replying to a commenter from something that she had posted in July uh, namely a poll that showed Nitwit Nero losing to Joe Biden and someone said Ann Coulter's been right about Trump in the past I'd love to hear what he needs to do in her opinion to help us take America back to which Ann Coulter uh, quote quoted the excrement and said maybe he could die she's the bloom is off the rose she had been you know she she'd been a maggot in her own right writing well scrawling a book in 2016 called in trump we trust but then she got mad at him because he wasn't mean enough to the immigrants. And lately she's been gooning on uh, his sycophantic acolytes and minions and, well, maggots. Dems lie about Trump, therefore he'd make a great president. Then she said, there aren't enough drugs in the world that could make me that stupid. And went on to call the maggots. And it's Monday, so this that makes this story appropriate. Morons! Which they, by the way, are. I don't know if you are... Fo- and by the way, the lines are open if you want to jump in with some conversation. That would be lovely. Uh, stress line's open, 844-843-4676. 844-843-4676. And 304-574-8178 gets you in, 304-574-8178. And then you can always reach the program via Skype to Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. And you're welcome to, you're welcome to chime in with whatever's on your mind. The Army of God... God's convoy has arrived at the southern border 
No sooner did they get there, well, then the zaniness began. I mean, at the beginning, at the beginning there was a lot of love. I mean, I guess you could call it that. Somebody brought a horse trough. No, really, one of those zinc galvanized horse troughs. And they commenced to baptizing. Oh, by the way, Darlene in Connecticut said, although we are nothing alike, Ann Coulter is from Connecticut originally. Barf. I did not mean to suggest an association, Darlene. I, you have my you have my profound apologies. But yeah, they took to baptizing and whoo wee He's having a good time then before the drugs and liquor kicked in. I now yes. baptize you in the name of Jesus. Christ is King. He kind of looks like the uh, the way that Renaissance painters imagine Jesus to look. You know, long blonde hair, blonde beard. Got his hands in the air, hollering, Christ is king. <sighs> Your word. Continue to, to work in his heart, in his mind, transformation. Be not conformed. And they're praying over him, and the, and the guy with the cowboy hat on, the preacher that just baptized him, has got his hand on his head. Hoo-wee. Right, well, that's part of Texas. You could probably you could probably rustle up a rattlesnake here and there. You know, Pass it around, fellas. This Thank you, Monica. To be transformed by the renewing of the Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the cleansing source. Amen. 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 Yeah, get out of the tub, son. Go towel off. Ooh, and he's buff too. Hmm. That is that 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 is European that European Renaissance Jesus there. All pale and chiseled and ripped. Who got him some Jesus in him now? Christ is king. Yeah, Christ is king. Didn't last too long, though, the era of goodwill. No. Uh, it, it took about 24 hours from, for them to go from dunking each other to... By the way, hi, John. From dunking each other to... Fighting, wrestling around stuff. No free speech, no guns, no offensive Christians. What kind of conservatives are you? Oh, you're from California. <laughs> you're not even. Meanwhile, the camera is behind a guy who's wearing a T-shirt that says, "Homosexual shall not inherit the kingdom of God." 
1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Really? Pretty sure, no. no. Is, 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 is that some, is, I'm trying to figure, why would, why would you wear it that on a t-shirt? But secondarily, are you trying to signal how, is, is dude here trying to, dude, is dude here trying to uh, signal just how mm, straight he is? Yeah, dude gets out of his Jeep and comes after the Jesus wept guy. Yeah, there's the baptism guy, and he's barking right along with him. Now the guy, and now now the guy with the homosexual shall not inherit the earth. T-shirts getting upbraided by another maggot. Bumping chests and being all manly and stuff. Don't touch us! You want to go to jail? Don't touch us! We will not be touched. Don't touch us! Don't the feedback is it makes it comedy gold. This all took place in uh, Camado, Q-U-E-M-A-D-O, Camado, Texas, or I don't know, Texan pronunciations being what they were. Uh, check me on this one, Joy. Uh, could it be Camado, Cumado? I, I think they probably went there because there's a Q at the beginning of the word, and they're probably all cue balls. And uh, people aren't too comfortable having them around. Going to the phones in a second. Uh, Eagle Pass, Texas. The God's Army went there too. And uh, residents of Eagle Pass, Texas, got together. I guess in the town square or somewhere, and said, leave. One woman explained to a media outlet, I've always felt very safe here, so I'd say it's a good place to raise your children. Today, downtown was the first day that I felt unsafe just walking down the street in broad daylight. Yeah, we have uh, we have the, uh, the, uh, the audio... People showed up with uh, posters saying faith doesn't hate. The border is safer than most of America.
day downtown was the first day that I felt unsafe just walking down the street in broad daylight. A little windy there, but you caught her. Another poster says, uh, border communities say don't trust Abbott. Sounds like Eagle Pass might actually be a decent little place to live. I mean, yeah, taxes notwithstanding. So with a half hour to go and Darlene's uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, sport foot has got to go challenge on the table, we'll run over to the stress line, see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey. Hey, Flavio. How are you? I'm among the living. Happy birthday once again. Uh, happy birthday to the horn. Thank you. And uh, it was Sunday. 20 years was Sunday, right? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I, I worked for, I went to, I, I signed, signed up. It, it was this law firm in Madison, Wisconsin, whose name I will not mention for, you know, obvious reasons. I don't want to get sued or anything like that. But sure. anyway. <clears throat> Uh, the first day at work there, um, my boss was a woman, but, um, she just had it in for men for some reason. And I guess I can understand that, but, but I got the, I got the short end of the stick. Um, she expected me on the first day <laughs> without any orientation. I don't understand how that's done. Um, how you're supposed to know their filing system, what's expected of you. Don't you, aren't you supposed to at least have like a little orientation? You know, I mean, all I knew coming in, I, I never worked for a law firm before, by the way. Um, but I, I knew typing. I knew, you know, uh, I was good at proofreading. Um, you know, I touted my skills, uh, but I, I you know, I'm sure, I but that's a far cry from office manager. Yeah, and and I thought that yeah, well, it was kind of a position like that, but this person expected me to know everything on day one and progress and progressively got meaner toward me and I couldn't ask her anything well how am I supposed to know what you want me to do if you don't provide any orientation or anything so after about a week of this just torture 
because it was psychological torture. And, you know, so when I heard that, well, I'll, I'll get back to that. <clears throat> I quit after about a week. And then they tried to get, you know, because unemployment and all that. I didn't claim unemployment. I just made it like it never happened, right? Right. I don't know you. You don't know me. We part amicably. Um, because they try to screw you on that too, right? Right. Uh, on the unemployment, so I didn't even go there. I just like okay, so. <laughs> uh, and then they tried to get yeah, they tried to get a hold of me to to pay me for the week, and I said nah, make nah, I'm good, it's okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> um, it got me to thinking, you know, of you know reports of Amy Klobuchar's office. And how I heard that she mistreats the help. Oh, yeah, that all that all that all came out during her brief uh, dalliance with running for president. With what again? Say running for president. She yeah, she was. Briefly, oh yeah, uh, she yeah yeah exactly. I despise that. Remember, I'm from Brazil, the emblematic classist society. Right. Uh, we've got a caste system that puts India to shame. No, I mean, seriously. Um, and it's an, an inheritance from the Portuguese. The Portuguese actually have, have it better than the Brazilians do. Because we inherited everything that's bad of the Portuguese. Their caste system. Which they probably copied from India. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they were among the first to get there uh, from Europe. Yeah, so. exactly. No, I, I asked myself, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, because they got it. They, they got a pretty, you know, and then England, too. England's got a massive quick caste system. You know. Um... And we do, too, in the U.S., but we just don't like to talk about it, right? Yeah, right, because, well, you know, we're classless, and anybody can be president. Exactly. Log cabins and all of that. Exactly. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, wow, um... So when I heard that about about Amy Klobuchar, you know, yeah, it tallies. Just because you have a degree in law or something, it means you can, you know, crap on the little people that bring you your coffee and stuff, and and that's not right. You know, I'm I'm coming from Brazil. I got a I got a chip on my shoulder about that. Don't care how rich you are, you don't get to shit on the little people. Okay. Sure. That, um. 
I was uh, in Brazil. My family is first generation immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from Europe, from Portugal. Um, and um, yeah, it's not cool. Um, you know, it, I, I saw that, you know, growing up in Brazil, the just the rigid class hierarchies and and like W.E.B. Du Bois said, you know, it it pretty much follows the color line. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you're white, uh, you're at the top of the hierarchy and but even, you know, if you're poor, poor white, you're, you're just at the bottom rung of society. But yeah, but t- typically it's the, the colored people. And you're people not, and you're color. not, and you're not using that term like, you know, say maybe Governor Hee-Haw, Meemaw would say, you know, the, no, co- no, the no. colored people. Uh, the, the, I'm using it in the sociological um, South Africa, you know, the way they referred to them in South Africa, the people of color in right. Brazil, are, you know, and then, but there is, it, and it's financial and it's racial and there is that just, you know, they would bleach themselves to just well, as as Clarence alluded back at the beginning of the program, it does look like she's had a little bleaching. Yeah, yeah, she's terrible. She's terrible. She's so she's so transparent. I mean, she really is. She's she's rather mediocre. I mean, there's not there's not a rag of intellectuality, intellectualism about, you know, there's not a rag, not a rag of intellectual intellectualism about what she's doing. We know it, you know, you can see her coming a mile away. That's what I meant, you know. Well, what did you think of uh, Steve's remark that she's less weather vane than windsock? Uh, I don't understand the term windsock very well. Is that like, is that like? You, you see him. You see him. You see him on runways. Is that men? Does that like measure the velocity of the wind? Yeah. It 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 indicate yeah. The stronger the wind, the more the it's it's how con- many no- it's, how many knots or something? It's it's shaped it's a conical shape and it's on a pole, and depending on how stiff the winds are, it can it'll just hang limp, or it'll starch out. So can it give you a readout at the knots? No, I mean it's not digital. It's literally a cloth bag. Oh, it's like a, it's literally wind sock. Yes. It's a sock that catches the wind. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean. 
And that, and that, and that's why you said that. It, well, that's a kind of weather vane. Well, it'll in, it, it'll tell you the direction of the wind and and give you an idea, an impression of the speed. You know, on, on somewhere like a, a runway or a helipad, you'll want to know if you're landing in crosswinds or wind shear. That sounds important. <laughs> very much so. Oh, I need to thank no, Kevin. But, I mean, Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, we now have $75 to go in 20 minutes on Darlene's uh, Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho, Queen Sportsfoot's Got to Go Challenge to have us fully funded up through this here day. So thank you, Kevin. Hopefully you will have some friends along with you. But you can understand why why I was upset about learning Amy Klobuchar was mean to the health, because that that hit home with me. Well, it's it's good it's good praxis never to shit on the people whose job it is to make you competent. The first, was, th- the first thing I was ever taught in law school was always be kind to your legal secretaries and your paralegals because you're fucked without them. Yeah, and you were talking about Nancy Mace, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that did not surprise me because these people, just because they went to law school. Well, I don't, know again, she, I don't even know that she went to law school. According to in Wisconsin, her, you don't need to pass the bar to get a law degree, which blows my mind. But well, hold on, okay. no, that's that's typical. No, you don't have to pass the bar to get a law degree anywhere that I know of. You get the law degree and then you pass the bar. I mean, yeah, you don't have to. You're not required to, to pass the bar. As a requirement of maintaining your law degree. Well, a law degree is different from a law license, Flavio. Or license. I'm talking about license. There's no West. There's no Wisconsin bar. You don't need to sit for the bar in Wisconsin. I thought that that. Well, what, what, your, no, a lot of states used to be that way. It's called a diploma privilege. For instance, just before I started law school, graduates of West Virginia University were automatically admitted to the bar. They didn't have to take an exam. If you're coming from out of state, though, you damn sure do. Unless it's a state with which West Virginia has reciprocity. Well, I get it. So it's the bar is not that important then, really. The bar is terribly important. It's the only way you're allowed to practice law is to be a member of the bar. That's but where that's where to, that's where your license comes from. Otherwise, you're going to be the, busted the, for practicing. The exam is not terribly important. I, again, it was a. Dipl- I don't know if it's still that way in Wisconsin. It's not that way in West, West Virginia anymore. It was a diploma privilege. Because you had attended the state law school, you were presumed to have learned primarily about West Virginia law. But you absolutely have to be a member of the bar in order to practice law. Oh, no, I know that. I, I'm, I'm just saying 
don't you have to have a final exam or something? Well, that's law school. That's law school. Sure, you've got you've got exams at the end of every semester, and your entire course grade is usual is often based on that one test. But the law, the the the, the bar exam itself. And now in this state, there is no more diploma privilege, and you damned well do have to pass the bar exam. And a lot of people fail. I was very fortunate when I – they had it set up in such a way back then. I don't know how it is now. I know the California bar is an absolute horror show. Um, Billable Rick could probably speak to that far more uh, eloquently. I think it goes on for like, what, two or three days. or It's hell. Uh, in my case – it was one day, and the first half of it was the multi-state bar exam. It's a multiple. It's a huge multiple choice test, and you've got about multiple I think, guests. Multiple. Hopefully, not if you're prepared, but you've got about twenty seconds per question. Ooh, wow! And that includes reading the question. Uh, it, it's it's brutal. And so there was that, and then the afternoon session was the written portion of the test, the exam, the essay questions. And you get a, you get a blue book, just like back then at least. You'd get a blue book just like an exam in college. Oh yeah, those those yeah, those uh, no, notebooks. Yeah, those little thin. Yeah, and. Uh, I was fortunate they had a, it was set up in such a way that if you scored high enough on the multi-state, they wouldn't even bother grading your exams. You were just in. And I was one of a handful of people who got in on her uh, multi-state score alone. So, you know, I had that going for me. So that's called diploma privilege. Yes. And in so fact, in other words, just because you graduated from a law school in Wisconsin, you didn't need to pass the bar exam. You were automatically a bar member. Well, uh, it's a, uh, Ralph's serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Wisconsin Bar Exam Research Committee just sent me the uh, uh, Wisconsin Madison Law School page uh, one of the great benefits of being a UW law school student is diploma privilege it allows our graduates to secure a license to practice law in Wisconsin without taking a bar exam Wisconsin is one of the only states in the country that offers diploma privilege yeah I think that's yeah that's ridiculous you should still sit for any you know an exam you know well why sure it's it, I mean it's a racket, Flavio. It was it was it was a racket back then when I started when I had because I think I had to pay something like a thousand dollars to a bar exam prep course. Oh, you mean they have like uh, like Kaplan things yeah. like that? Uh, back in oh. the day, it was Kaplan and Barbary. I think was the other one. I don't know who runs it now. Mm. And you go you go to classes and you and they they teach you test taking strategies. And you bone up on shit that you're never going to use in, in in the practical practice of law, like, oh, I don't know, 
the rule against perpetuities and Mortmain and all of those merry oldie English legal concepts. So you don't think a bar exam is important? Uh, well, if you consider the fact that most young lawyers graduating law school are not going to see the inside of a courtroom for five years or more. Okay. And, and, and you know, mo- frankly, and I've said this before, but law school was the most profound terminal liberal arts degree available on, the, on, on most any campus. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be really good at climbing steep learning curves very quickly, and so you have to learn. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a med mal case, you've got to learn a lot of medicine. If you're gonna do a products liability case, you have to learn some engineering principles. Uh, if you want to practice d- divorce law, you really want to have your head examined. Um, Sorry, that was a joke. Mm. Divorce is just terrible. It's just awful. Unless, you know, you've got a client that you can, you know, soak for a quarter million dollars. But, uh, no, all the learning goes on in the, in, the, in the practical practice of law. So, you know, you'll spend five years carrying some senior partner's briefcase and getting his coffee or hers and mm-hmm. learn, learn law kind of osmotically which is actually the way which is actually the way one learned to practice law in the olden days one one read the law with a with a practitioner and they got free help and you got a legal education and then you could go out into the world and practice i mean that's that's abe lincoln Yeah, I, I just never thought that the woman that hired me was, and her partner, um, the guy above her, were very um, realistic. Because they expected me to know everything from the day I came through the door. And I'm not an office manager. I, I you know, um, uh, you know, I, I thought that I would have gone through an orientation or something like that, and and they they just they were contemptuous. You know, they didn't they didn't think I knew anything. Come <laughs> on, are you kidding? Um, have you checked out my languages? I could help you guys with some languages that you don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't I can cuss you out in four languages. Yeah, and you won't, even, and know, you won't but... even, and you won't even recognize it in three. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just thought that they were just rude, conceited. And so when I got my walking paper, no, actually I didn't show. I, 
I didn't show up actually. No, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even give them the right to fire me. I just left. And then they were trying to get, get a hold of me to pay me for the week I was with them. I, I thought something was up, you know, that, that they would probably be doing that for unemployment purposes or, and I said, nah, it's like we never met. Okay. You go your way, I go my way. We're good. Okay. But I'll never forget the way I was treated there. It's like, wow. And there is a caste system in this country. And if you're not rich and doesn't matter, well, does matter, but Uh, color it, it doesn't even I mean we're talking cats we're talking you know Well, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, racism uh, and xenophobia have to be taken into account. The American, but it wasn't ca- even that. The, America, mean, I, the I, American caste system, though, as you describe it, is more economic in nature. Definitely, and and people don't realize that. You know, think that oh, you know, we're here. You know, you know, we're we don't have a class system like that. Yes, we do. Very much so. And they will let you know. And the people that have those privileges, they will very much let you know where you are. Well, that's 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 why you know the 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 old money in Manhattan so thoroughly despised and despises Orange Julius Geezer because he's just he's 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 jumped up. Yeah, he had basically his daddy was a slumlord. And his granddaddy was a pimp, and that's how they got the initial investment. Mm-hmm. And his buildings are trash and tacky. And he is, you know, nouveau riche. Nouveau riche, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, in, and in some ways, and in some ways, yeah, arriviste. And in some ways, that's worse than being poor in the eyes of the folks who have had their fortunes for hundreds of years. By the way, we got five minutes left in the program and $75 to go on Darlene's Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho, Queen Sportfoot's Got to Go Challenge. Thank you for thank you for making it, Darlene, and hopefully, uh, I don't know, a little five-minute miracle somewhere along the way. Thank you so much. So, yeah, it, it, no, don't let anybody tell you there isn't uh, a caste system. Every bit is as real as in England or in Brazil or in India. <laughs> we do have one. It's it's very, very real. And it's not always the color of your skin. I mean, I'm, you know, for all intents and purposes, I look, you know, like George Costanza. I'm white. You know, I don't even have much of a tint like, you know, like Nikki, but I don't have the money. I'm a 
poor guy, you know, with a, you know, I, I look like George Costanza with, with a few more inches. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just remember that it was such a bad experience going to work for this law firm for just a few days. Um, and it's just like people that get a, a, into a little money think they can, they can crap on, on people that are just trying to make, buy, you know, make, make do. And I was like, wow, wow. The arrogance, the, the nastiness, just, just because they can, just because, you know, oh, you know, I got this. I'm paying rent on this office in downtown Madison. No, off the off the square, off the square. Oh, the square is so expensive. Those buildings off the square, off the Capitol Square. Yeah, I, I miss. I, I I do. I miss Wisconsin. Uh, I thought I would have gotten back there a lot sooner than I did. I mean, it's been like ten years now. Um. Maybe 12. No, it's been 10 years. And uh, I've actually thought, because, you know, dead of winter and everything, I start thinking about things I want to do with my summer. And I <laughs> thought it would be awfully fun to hit the road and um, take the long way and go up through go up through Michigan and turn west at uh, uh, at the UP and go see my go see my friends in the Northwoods. I'd love to do that. And I think it would be. They have the best farmers market in, in in Madison. Uh, independent growers that you know bring their stuff to the capital, and um, yeah, the, the, I, I guess it's like the yeah, biggest I was, I was one planning, in the United I was, States. I was planning on taking that route, and don't get mad at me, Chicago people, uh, just to avoid Chicago traffic. And I was God. Say that again. I was I was going to take that route up through Ohio and Michigan, just to avoid Chicago traffic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Although the the allure of a uh, a Chicago style dog and a an Italian hot beef, wet of course, uh, is is terribly terribly tempting. By the way, I had a question from Irish Dave. Uh, did you receive a Juris Doctor degree? I did. I asked since I worked for a Beaver State politician that did, and when speaking to educators, insisted on being introduced as Dr. Roberts to avoid being labeled a politician. That was before she was the first woman on the state Supreme Court. And that was Betty Cantrell Roberts, February 5th, 1923. How about that? To June 25th, 2011. She was the first woman to serve on the Oregon uh, Court of Appeals and then the first woman to serve on the Oregon Supreme Court. Thanks. I learned something, Dave. Much appreciated. I used to joke about being referred to as doctor. Now, do you have a you have a law degree yourself? Yes. Wow. I did not know that. And so I thought you just went to, you know, uh, Went for a few years at law school, but never practiced, but I don't know. No, 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 no. I got a degree, and I practiced for a while. 
And you practice well. Okay. Yeah. I was the county prosecutor for a while in a little western wow. county. No, and, it's. Uh, I, I, I don't have a mind for it. I I joke about it, but I joke about it and say, well, you know, I had a cup of coffee in law school. Um, Okay, I didn't know if you were being serious. (laughs) But no, I I did and uh, uh, graduated and It was. It's just, yeah. Law, law is really. It was soul crushing. Let's put it that way. It was soul it, crushing. It is is something that blows my mind, and to this day, you know, I I appreciate people that can make it understandable, that can break it down for me, and but a lot of times I think it's just a lot of casuistry, like Jesuit casuistry. <laughs> And, and, and it, it can be, I suppose. I mean, not really. I mean, it's it's supposed to be based on statutes and pre, prior decisional law, but you know, then you get our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic exactly. majesties, and everything's out the window because it's not so much casuistry as it is uh, ends based. No, am I pronouncing it wrong? I thought it was casuistry. That's what I just said. Uh, but it's it's ends ba- it's ends based decision making. You know what result you want to get, and you have to find a way to get there. For instance, they yeah. wanted they wanted to take away the civil rights of half of the popul more than half of the population of this country, and they waited for the right cor- right case to get to them to do that with, and which was tailor made. Yes. Is- yeah, I mean, all, all these things are because of the because of these various five hundred one c three legal uh, grift chop chops, and then in the concurrence to Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health, uh, Fappy didn't even telegraph; he bullhorned it. He said, "Bring me the right case on gay marriage, marriage equality. Bring me the mm-hmm. right case on uh, on on uh, being gay at all." Bring me the right case on contraception, and we will we will analyze all of it, and we will get the hell rid of it. And with it, we will get rid of the of the concept of substantive due process. Not something. Because they're all 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 the fundamental rights all the fundamental rights cases have been decided on substantive due process grounds. I mean, not all, but close enough. And Republicans desperately want to be rid of substantive due process so that they can go back to oppressing the people who desperately need to be oppressed. Yeah. Comforting the comfortable and afflicting the afflicted. Precisely. And by the way, Darlene added, uh, going back to the multi-state bar exam, uh, at least in the tri-state area, it was not the correct answer. It was the best answer. 200 questions looking for the best answer. Needed to train your brain to think a certain way to pass, and you'd never need that way of thinking again. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily correct, but best. Well, we have reached the end of the program, Flavio. It's been nice talking to you. It has, and uh, by the way, I sent the uh, 
that documentary again about uh, the um, indoctrination of um, uh, Jewish Americans on the state of Israel. Um, it got sent back to me um, because, you know, I, I, I said, Eisenhower Drive North instead of North Eisenhower Drive because I thought, oh, everybody's changing, you know, North Third Street to Third Street North. And and so I, you know, so I'm doing it again. And I sent it today. And, well, we should get it in a week, hopefully. Okay. Well, I was at the, um, uh, I was at the mailbox yesterday, and uh, it was it was empty, so... Uh, I will check again. No, no, I just I just sent it today. I just sent it today, and um, the the postal carrier was nonplussed, and that it had been sent back. He didn't know how the north, the end part would have been ignored, but okay. So. I wrote it out exactly as you have it on the website, North Eisenhower Drive, PO, uh, personal mailbox 318, Beckley, West Virginia, and and then I, I, two, I sent two five, it along. Yeah, 25801. It should have gotten 25801. here. 25801. But someone was feeling officious and intermeddlesome, I suppose. Yeah, so hopefully you should be getting it, but basically uh, I just slapped in a, slapped more postage on it. Now, you said that this was a Kinko's? No, it's a UPS store. A UPS store, okay. Does Kinko's and even still they exist? They, they know you, and they're, they're cool with... Cool with what? They, I mean, they, they, they know you... And they, they accept your your mail without any problems, or oh yeah, I pay them handsomely to do it. Okay, all right. Box rent is absolutely insane, and I've thought about getting one closer to home because originally Bossman Wayne set that up because he lives in Beckley, and he handled right. all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't like my UPS store. <laughs> I you know, I started I started handling it all during the uh, when the when the pandemic hit because I didn't want him having to be out and exposed and uh, and uh, frankly, uh, it, just my name change alone uh, and trying to go from deposit uh, from you know checks and money orders made payable to head on communications to just making it to Robin Kincaid. Uh, has proven a little difficult. Yeah. Uh, and if I was to change the address, I'd probably never see another another parcel. Yeah. No. No. I get it. I get it. But no, I just wanted to make sure that I was sending it. You know. But you know the 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 postal carrier in Lacrosse said, I don't see why it would make any difference whether you put. North Eisenhower Drive or Eisenhower Drive North. That's the only thing that I did different. I put Eisenhower Drive North because 
most postal addresses in the United States, like, okay, in La Crosse, you have North Third Street. It's been changed to Third Street North. Even in the signs. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking, and then it got returned to me. I'm like, what? Well, the two, the two main drags in Beckley are uh, Eisenhower Drive and Bird Drive. And I was thinking earlier today, gee, I wonder what Robert C. Bird Drive was before it was Robert C. Bird Drive. But you understand the cardinal directions? Yeah, sure. It could. Be, it it used to be. I'm not a dumb dumb, Flavio. <laughs> no, I'm. Mean, I'm just saying that that was a change that happened a few years ago, maybe two, three years ago, where all the postal addresses went. Okay, it used to be North Third Street. Now it's Third Street North. Yeah, I get that. I mean, and so I started want... doing that automatically because you know human beings we creatures okay. of habit. We okay. So we're gonna we're gonna do that that way, okay? But you know, I don't see the point. But okay. But I guess they're I guess they're sticklers. I mean, you want to talk about some? I would, and and the thing is, I have you know, uh, uh, Miss Karen, uh, beloved wife of Brother Bishop Steve from Georgistan, the all around great guy, uh, was a postal worker until her retirement last year. And I'm sure she would uh, she would agree heartily. Uh, it can be it can be a real joy delivering the mail in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, simply because of the number of the number of streets. You know, the main drag through Atlanta is Peachtree Street, but the variations on Peachtree Street. There's Peachtree Peachtree Pike, <laughs> Peachtree Place. Um, it, and that there, I used to have a T-shirt that said "Meet Me on Peachtree," and it had a listing of all the streets called Peachtree in Atlanta, Georgia. Peachtree Battle, I mean, and between that and the ferries, uh, Howell's Mill and Pace's Ferry, and 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 the thing is, they got a chance to get it right after. After William Tecumseh Sherman burned some sense into them, they could have had a nice little grid plan laid out. All but no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I mean that that was my only mistake. I just wanted to follow the new practice of putting the cardinal directions after the street. Sure. Yeah. And because that's the way it's going now and and the, and it got returned to me. So. Weird. Well, I, I have if no, it gets I, I returned wonder, to me again, we'll have to revisit it and, and well, I wonder and, I wonder where it happened. You know, I wonder it it obviously left lacrosse and didn't make it to Beckley, so uh, it did. It did make it to Beckley. Son of a yeah. gun, that's weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the, the tracking uh, again. Yeah, all I know is that it got rejected in Beckley. And that sent back to me. 
That's just bizarre. Well, I got to get out of here, Flavio. I'm over time now. So, All right. Uh, I got to get the upload done. You have a good evening, Take, my friend. You too. Take good care. I'm certainly going to try. And we've got another. We got another pretty day tomorrow. And God willing, I finish. I finish putting the smoker together. It's been. Uh, it's been like a pilgrimage, one step forward and two steps back. Good luck with that. I just want some damn barbecue, that's all. All right, Flavio, you take care, my friend. Talk to you later. Flavio calling from lovely La Crosse, Wisconsin. And that's it. Uh, hopefully, maybe the overnight crew will respond to the $75 Darlene put forward as a challenge, and we will finish this program fully funded for the beginning of the first full week of February. And the first broadcast of the 21st year of the horn. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors and our challenge makers. Thank you so very much indeed. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. It is a profound honor that you do. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Uh, Gene, that, that Facebook thing, the story you sent me was the damnedest thing I... Maybe tomorrow. Uh, thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember, a... Uh, an algorithm sure does love a review. As uh, a certain brother deacon said, uh, you know what a podcast would love as a 21st birthday gift? Some reviews on the various podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, and easiest of all, Podcast Republic, which doesn't require you to register in order to leave a review for the horn. The link to Podcast Republic is at the top of the homepage at HeadOn.Live. So uh, that would be that would be lovely, and it takes almost no time, and it's absolutely free, costs nothing. Um, and uh, like and uh, like each episode, and subscribe a couple of times just so you'll always be notified if one of the platforms screws up, because it's been known to happen. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice and a proud union shop. My birthday fundraiser for Coal River Mountain Watch has $216 to go on it, uh, that goes directly to Coal River Mountain Watch and directly supports dedicated grassroots activism to provide West Virginia with a viable future by ending mountaintop removal. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Get your pneumonia shot if you're eligible and of age for that. Please wear your mask when you're around larger groups, and especially if you think you're going to be around maggots, because they're 
kind of diseasy. A lot of stuff going around right now. I was supposed to have a date yesterday, but got a message and he said uh, he felt like he had a cold and a sore throat and he didn't want to bring it to me. We were going to get together for coffee in Fayetteville. Maybe yet. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if uh, Orange Julius Geezer comes towards you down the sidewalk, galumphing and babbling about, I can't believe that Bud Light hired a tranny. You know, and it's six months, the story's six months old. Well, avoid Nitwit Nero like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.